Hello again, this is Peter Bergman, and welcome to Oz's Daily Podcast. This one for Tuesday, October 4th, 2011. Well, it seems that Herman I Deliver the Pizza Cane is surging, and Perry is tanking. Kane is now running in second place in Florida, now that his support surged nearly 19 percentage points after last month's Republican Party of Florida's Presidency 5 debate and straw poll. According to a survey of likely Florida voters conducted by the Gainesville-based War Room Logistics, which typically polls for Republicans. Meantime, Perry's support plummeted nearly 16 percentage points. Woohoo! Perry has been uh, tied as a Florida frontrunner with Mitt Romney at about 25% on September 20th. He dropped a third and fourth place with 9% of the vote, where he statistically tied with Newt the Weiner Gingrich. Romney's support grew a modest three percentage points to 28%. Romney also remains the best general election candidate against President Obama, according to the poll. Romney trails him only 42 to 48, six points behind the not me, the smallest margin against all other Republican candidates. Obama cracks the magic 50% threshold. For those of you who are carefully watching the election since he entered the race, Rick Perry has dropped 30 six big ones. You don't think that's a real disaster for Rick? Let me get you all together and pray America back to its greatness, Perry. Well then, everything you know is wrong. So maybe Romney's going to be the candidate after all. What a thought. People say, well, you know, he's the most sensible. He knows how to stand up to criticism. He can debate. This is the man when asked by CBS a week and a half ago what it was like to be worth $200 million said, well, i just middle class. I'm not the bottom of the middle class. I'm not the top of the middle class. Really? $200 million is middle class. So, of course, the Koch brothers at a billion are upper class. Go for it, Mitt. Well, Mitt Romney took a hard break from his Republican opponents for the presidential nomination in an interview with the New Hampshire newspaper yesterday. Unlike most of the GOP field, um, I think Gary Johnson was the first, Romney's not ready to condemn the booing of a gay soldier at the last debate. Really? This is the sensible candidate? Other candidates have said it was wrong for members of the audience at the debate in Orlando to boo when Army Captain Stephen Hill asked if he'd still be allowed to serve openly if DADT hadn't been repealed. Some candidates have even said they wish they had said something at the debate instead of standing silence when the boos came. Not the Mitster. You have to look at it, he told the New Hampshire Union leader, according to the Wall Street Journal. I don't know when they booed, and I don't know why people booed. I will tell you that the boos and the applause has not always coincided with my own views. What does that mean? He doesn't know when they booed or when they applauded. Maybe he wasn't listening, but here's, here's the one that gets me. He makes these incredibly silly statements. I will tell you that the boos and the applause has always not coincided with my own views. Which ones? When? At a fundraiser recently, President Obama called out the GOP for not speaking up. The big O said, we don't believe in the kind of smallness that says it's okay for a stage full of political leaders, one of whom could end up being president of the United States, being silent when an American soldier is booed. We don't believe in that, Obama says. Ah, the poor GOP. A 60-minute 
Vanity Fair poll finds that 45% of Americans overall correctly identify the meaning of GOP as the grand old party. That means less than the majority of Americans, those polled, have no idea what GOP really stands for. The second most popular choice, with 35% of the overall vote, was government of the people. I guess they think because it's Lincoln's party. Grumpy old people receive 7% of the vote. God's own party, 3%, and 1% thought the abbreviation stood for gauntlet of power. God's own party? Dear friends, this is Bob Poolhall, director of Republicans for a thoroughly Christian president. It should be painfully obvious by now that none of the candidates striving for the Republican nomination are capable of beating the Muslim Maoist presently squatting in the White House. Romney and John Huntsman are members of Joseph Smith's cult of pseudo-Christians. Michelle Bachman is a woman, and that won't do. Newt Gingrich and Rick Santorum have kissed the Pope's ring. Rick Perry is a vaccinator of young girls. Ron Paul doesn't support the worldwide crusade against the unbelievers. And Herman Cain just doesn't look right. How are we going to find the perfect candidate who will transform America into the perfect Christian nation it was meant to be? We must get down on our knees and pray for Christ to return before the filing deadline for the Florida primary. When I listen to the candidates speak, I ask myself, what would Jesus do? With Christ on the ticket, I'll get my answer every day. You might ask, why would the man who turned down Satan's offer to rule the kingdoms of the world want to be president? That was 2,000 years ago. Who would want to rule a world with inadequate plumbing, zero refrigeration, and no way to get your message out any faster than the speed of camel? Fast forward two millennia, and here we are, living the gigabyte life, robo-flushing instant gourmet meals, and waiting for Armageddon to kick off. It's the perfect time for Christ to pop back into our lives. As chief executive, he can put an end to men dressed as women marrying women dressed as men, to flash-frozen fetuses being chopped up to save mankind, and to coddling the downtrodden and poor from whom he has obviously turned his face. So, let's draft Christ and make GOP stand for God's Own Party. This ad requires no one's approval and was funded solely from mugging moneylenders fleeing the temple. What do you know? Looks like we might have a third party after all. Poor Hank Williams Jr. You just can't compare the president to Hitler anymore and get away with it. Old Hank Jr., the voice famous for asking millions of viewers if they're ready for some football, has been pulled from the Monday's broadcast of Monday Night Football over a comment he made on Fox News yesterday morning. Williams who sings the lead-in to the game each week, criticized the president for his golf summit with House Speaker John Boehner this summer. And this is the quote. It would be like Hitler playing golf with Netanyahu. That's the uh, Israeli prime minister. Williams told Fox and Friends. Anchor Gretchen Carlson later said to him, you used the name of one of the most hated people in all of the world to describe, I think, the president? Williams replied, well... That is true, but I'm telling you like it is. This afternoon, ESPN released a statement. While Hank Williams Jr. is not an ESPN employee, we recognize that he is closely linked to our company through the Open to Monday Night Football. We are extremely disappointed with his comments, and as a result, we have decided to pull the Open from tonight's telecast. 
Let's try to get inside. This is me now, not ESPN. Let's try to get inside Hank Jr.'s head. He sees the president playing golf with the Speaker of the House, who is indeed part of the, if you want to call it, loyal opposition, the same as Hitler playing golf with the leader of the people that he considered bedbugs and thoroughly exterminated. This man is drinking too much of something or breathing not enough of something else. I don't know, but he's a gone guy as far as ESPN is concerned. Well, here's some good news, and guess what? It's not political. The galaxy is expanding. Uh, the economy may not be expanding, but the galaxy is expanding. And, you know, three U.S. scientists won the Nobel Prize in Physics today for overturning a fundamental assumption in their field by showing that the expansion of the universe is constantly accelerating. We're not only getting bigger, we're getting bigger at a faster rate. Their discovery created a new portrait of the eventual fate of the universe, a place of super low temperatures and black skies unbroken by the light of galaxies moving away from each other at incredible speed. So much for global warming, or at least for glaxial warming. Physicists have assumed for decades that the expansion of the universe was getting ever slower, meaning that in billions of years it would resemble today's universe in many important ways. I guess it's important, like, I really care what it's going to be like in billions of years? I guess I'm supposed to. Then, working in separate research teams during the 90s, Saul Perlmutter, Brian Schmidt, and Adam Rice found that the light from more than 50 distant exploding stars was far weaker than they expected, meaning that galaxies had to be racing away from each other at increasing speed. Or maybe they couldn't pay their light bills. Who knows? The acceleration is driven by what scientists call dark energy a cosmic force that is one of the greatest mysteries of the universe. Yeah, they've discovered that amongst all matter, there is more dark energy, which is a form of matter, than all other matter put together. Hey, what's the matter? The Nobel winning discovery implies instead that the universe will get increasingly colder as matter spreads ever vaster distances in space. Lars Bergstrom, secretary of the Nobel Physics Committee, said galaxies that are 3 million light years away from Earth move at a speed of 44 miles per second. Well, what do you know? All those friends out there on distant galaxies who are going to solve our energy problem and bring the planet together are not coming to see us. They're moving to the galaxial suburbs. And we thought the little guys in the spaceships would be landing soon, not in New York because there's no place to park, and bringing us all together, well, proves once again, everything you know is wrong.